starting on September 12th, which is just in a couple of weeks, we are having a unified approach to our faith here at SMCC, where our children, youth, adults, sermons are all going to be united in one sermon series so that we can promote some of these conversations that we have across the generations so that together we can learn from one another on what it means to be people who are asking the right questions. Not even the right questions, just asking any questions, but not relying so much on certainty as much as we are relying upon that gift that is given to us in exploring and finding out the answers of living together. Uh, Today we are on our second to last sermon in a series where we have been going through an annual spiritual. You've heard us talking about how very often in our lives, the majority of us really prioritize having a physical every year. We don't allow anybody to question the time that we schedule it. We can have time off of work for it. No one, if you say to someone, hey, I'd like to join you, but I have a physical that day, no one's going to say, well, forget that and come hang out with me instead. We respect taking care of our physical bodies so much so that we prioritize it over and above some of the other things that we would be doing in our lives. And so we've been asking ourselves the question, what would it look like for us to do that same thing in examining our spiritual lives? What does it look like for us to prioritize our spiritual care and development in the same way, the inalienable way? that we often do for our physical bodies. So we've been examining our eyes and our ears and our hands, and today we are examining our feet. But I'm going to give you this one caveat. We're examining feet today, but we're talking about feet in the way that the Scripture often refers to physical feet, which is feet of faith. Um, In Scripture, our feet and our faith are linked uh, because it's expected that our faith is going to cause us to move our feet. And so we're going to be looking at the story of Abraham, and and we'll be looking at three quick scriptures about that, but I want you to listen with me for how faith and feet are connected and what is required of our feet if we are going to be people of faith. Our first passage comes from Genesis 12, verses 1 through 9. Again, this is the story of Abraham before he had his name change. He's married to Sarai at this point. He goes by the name Abram. Let's listen for God's word for you and for me today. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the lake that I will show you. I will make you a, sorry, not a lake, a land. I did that for Jonas in the back. He doesn't like it when I make mistakes. Um, for the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the, ones who curse, the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And they, Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. 
From there, he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages to the Negev. Our second passage comes from Hebrews. Hebrews lifts up Abraham as the example of what it means to be a person of faith. And so the writer of Hebrews talks about Abraham's faith here in chapter 11, verses 8 through 12. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he, he received power of procreation, even though he was too old. And Sarah herself was barren, because he considered them faithful, who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Our final passage comes from 2 Corinthians. It's just a simple line from 2 verse 5. Sorry, from 5 verse 7. Gosh, I'm on a roll today, aren't I? There we are. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Please join me as we pray. God, you speak to us in every place and journey of our life. You speak to us and you beckon to us and you call us. And it's easy for us to listen when what you're asking us to do is easy or sounds fun, but it's a lot harder for us to listen when what you're asking of us is unknown and mysterious and scary. And so we pray, God, that today we might open our hearts to consider what it means to have faith, to move our feet, to be people who go where we are called. Please speak through these words, imperfect as they are, and speak to our hearts, imperfect as they are, and call us to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Often when I was growing up, there was a little rhetorical dance that would go on between me and my parents concerning why I had to do something that I didn't want to do. It would go something like this. I would say, I don't want to practice my piano. And my dad would say, I would give anything to have been able to practice the piano when I was your age. And I would say, well, if you didn't have to practice the piano, then why are you making me practice the piano when I don't want to practice the piano? And my dad's answer every single time was the same. He would say, because I want you to have a better life than I had. Over the years, my parents, they made a lot of choices that reflected that commitment and exercised that faith in building a life better for me than they had known. 
They paid for piano lessons and ballet and tap and jazz and gymnastics and soccer and swimming and choir. And they stuck me in the back of our Volvo station wagon so that we could go on road trips with me complaining all of the way to national parks or to go skiing or to see family in the Midwest. When I was living in the United Kingdom for a year, they flew out, even though it was post 9-11, to meet me in Italy for Christmas so that I wouldn't be alone. They kept me busy in part because they wanted me to stay out of trouble. (laughs) And in part, they kept me busy because they wanted me to be well-rounded and to have a lot of opportunity and experiences. And both of those reasons were motivated by faith, that I would be able to accomplish more in my lifetime, to experience more in my lifetime than they were ever able to. My parents, like so many parents, made choices that made their life more challenging so that our lives could be blessed. They did that on faith, that making those sacrifices would lead to a fuller experience in life for you and for me and for our children and for our children's children. Most often in our Christian life, I think that we tend to define faith as something that is more like a personal aid for us. When we experience something that is uncertain or that makes us scared or when we're disappointed, it's in those circumstances that we lean on our faith when we get a diagnosis or when we lose a job or when a loved one dies. And that's all very appropriate to do, to lean on our faith in times of personal need. But it's a very narrow experience of what God has intended to be a life full of faith. According to our scripture, the fullest experience of faith comes when we make choices and sacrifices for the good of others, for which Abraham is held up in scripture as the greatest example. God came to Abraham when he was still Abram and told him that he needed to move. He needed to move his feet He needed to move his home. He needed to move his family. He needed to move. God says to Abraham, leave everything you know, your kindred, your home, the places where you have created all of these fond memories, and go to a place that you have never been before and start over again now in your post-retirement years. It's a place that's currently occupied by other people who aren't going to like the fact that you are there. And it's a place that's going to lead you through wars before it leads you to the land of milk and honey. But still, I want you to leave your mortgage-free home and the friends that you have made for a lifetime so that you can instead go to a place where you will experience no personal benefit, but where your children's children, children will be blessed. Our passage in Hebrews helps to fill out this story for us, saying that it was by faith that Abram did what he was called to do when he set out for Canaan. By faith, he was able to father children, even though Scripture says he was as good as dead. I didn't make that up. Even though He was of post-retirement age, even though he had no children to his name, even though he had lived his whole life in the same place, he was called to step away from his personal comforts and assurances for the benefit of future generations that he would never meet. And my friends, 
he did. Several years after I had my own children, I would spend time in playgroups and at parks with my toddlers, and I noticed the overwhelming narrative of the playground was different from the narrative that my parents had for me. Not often were the new parents talking about how they wanted better for their children than they had for themselves, as my parents had often said. But instead, they would talk about how they wanted to give their children the same experiences they had, how they wanted to recreate the comforts and to maintain the securities that they had been raised with. They wanted to never move from where they were, but to intentionally stay in the same land, in the same neighborhood, in the same house, living into the same memories of a time that had gone by. I know the sentiment comes from a really good place. They wanted to bring their children into the experiences they had in life that had provided them joy and comfort and security, but it's a sentiment that also lacks faith because it's operating from the assumption that what we already know and what we can provide for ourselves will always be better than the unknown blessings of God. Blessings that might exist in a foreign land Blessings that might exist decades into the future. It's a sentiment that struggles to let go of personal comforts for the good of our children's children's children, since we will never personally see if sacrificing our personal comforts will actually result in a better future. It's not a trend that is unique to my generation of parents. It's not. It's been an increasing sentiment in our public society for decades. It has become increasingly acceptable for us to champion our own needs over the needs of the next generation of this global community. We see it in our policies and politics when we make decisions that are made to benefit the now to pay the consequences tomorrow. We see it in the people that we resent such as immigrants and refugees who leave their comforts behind to arrive in a land that does not want them so that they might benefit their children's children's children. We see it in our own lives. Every single time that we value our personal comfort over the good of someone else. Abraham was told by God from the start that his act of faith would only benefit his offspring. And he was told that at a time where he had no children. What would you do? What would I do if we were in that same conversation? What would you do? What would we do if we were asked to make that same sacrifice? And all on faith. What kind of faith does it take to make that choice that Abraham made? The writer in Hebrews uses two words for faith, upostasis and elegkos. Upostasis defines faith literally as standing under. Stasis, standing, upo, under, standing under. It means that we are trusting that what or who stands over us is reliable to protect us and to guide us. It is the most popular word for faith in the New Testament. But that second word, alegkos, 
It's used only once in the New Testament, and it's in our scripture passage for today. That second word, alekos, it comes mostly from the book of Job. Alekos faith is a kind of faith that rebukes and corrects and convicts. It is the evidence that is brought forward from what we say we believe, but we don't really want to hear. If the author of Hebrews is writing to a community that is beginning to struggle with doubt about God's good character, then that would explain why they need this jolt of a leg cost. Because what Hebrews is telling us today in narrating the story of Abraham is that we too need this kind of convicting faith. We need the kind of faith that convicts us and rebukes us so that we can move our feet and be the people who stand faithfully under the one who is going to guide the way. Moving our feet requires us to be people who not only lean on a personal aid, but who act in a way that shows that faith affects the good of all of creation, of each person, of any generation. And acting in faith doesn't always mean that we will receive a comfort from it. Sometimes it means that we will not see the outcomes of it until our children's children, children are able to write it down or give thanks or offer in praise the faith of their ancestors. Friends, this week, as we go out into our week and our circumstances, where are we being example that a leg cost faith? And then what do we do with that a leg cost faith, but stand under the one who will guide and free us?